I'm Todd Zwillick. Thanks for being with us on The Takeaway today. And here's a question a lot of Americans are asking themselves. What should our American health system look like? American voters and their politicians have been struggling with that one for decades. Remember this? Oppose Obamacare. To repeal Obamacare. Obamacare was off the charts. Repeal uh, whatever is left of Obamacare. Repeal every single word of Obamacare. Well, during the Obama administration, congressional Republicans voted dozens of times to repeal Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. At the time, it was a political stunt, sure. But then in the 2016 presidential election, things got real. The Affordable Care Act is here to stay. My first day in office, I'm going to ask Congress to put a bill on my desk getting rid of this disastrous law. Well, nearly a decade, uh, pardon me, nearly a year into the Trump administration, the ACA still remains, but there are big problems in America's patchwork healthcare system. Mary Harris is host and managing editor for WNYC's Health Desk. She's been talking to people around the country about their concerns, and a big one is cost. When you think about the marketplaces imploding, you think about a place like Iowa, because what's happening there, they're down to one insurer this year. That insurer says they are raising rates over 50 percent. It's a really big deal. And that's where we found this guy, Mark Seaton. He's become really outspoken about healthcare over the last five years. He's been buying his own insurance. He works for himself. And so he's been doing that for a while. And he's been noticing the rates on his insurance start to soar. And it got especially bad after Obamacare. Eventually, his insurance cost more than his mortgage because he doesn't qualify for tax credits. He makes a little bit too much. So he started testifying at insurance rate hearings. He called his Congress people. He actually still does this. Mostly, I just get form letters back. Thank you for your interest. We're always working to improve health care for Iowans, blah, blah, blah. Do you feel like they're listening? No, I don't. Okay, so the last time he went to a rate hearing, which was a couple years ago, it was just before the 2016 election. And the reason I called him is because he ended it with this little speech where he was like, we're going to vote on this issue. There's an election going on right now. And it was like a warning shot. He said, we're going to vote on this issue. We're going to vote Trump. Yeah, he is a Trump voter. So but but then the question is why, Mary? I mean, health care costs were going up every year before Obamacare. Yeah, I mean, he really saw this as a desperation vote. Like, he just wanted something to change. He felt like Hillary Clinton wasn't going to change it enough. And so I asked him, do you regret your vote today? I have, I have absolutely no reservation for what I, the way I cast my vote. He really just felt like no one was paying attention to the issue he was raising, and at least Trump was going to get in there and mix things up. But he sent Trump to Washington, I guess, to mix things up, but... Then Mark watched with everybody else while attempt after attempt to repeal the Affordable Care Act failed. Yeah, and he's really frustrated with that. So, Mary, despite his uh, public advocacy and his political action here, Mark still needs health insurance, right? What's he going to do? I asked him what he was going to do for open enrollment. And he said, well, actually, I'm not insured right now. I decided last year I looked at my expenses. I realized I was spending so much on health care, more than I spend on my house. And I just decided to go without. Going without insurance is a risk for the whole family. Yeah, absolutely. But he literally has a spreadsheet where he's tracking all of the expenses. He's been doing this for a while. And he can see he's spending much less now 
than he did last year. So those are the risks and benefits for Mark Seaton in Iowa. He's a Trump voter fed up with the Affordable Care Act, Mary. Uh, you've been following some other people, too. Yeah. So I started following Katie McFarland after seeing her at a town hall back in February. It was with Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas. He was there. He was talking to people. And it was really, really rowdy. She got up. Will you commit to replacements in the same way that you committed to the repeal? And it was this moment where the crowd just erupted. Katie is in a wheelchair now. She has this rare genetic condition called Ehlers-Danlos. It's a painful disease of the connective tissue. She can't eat. She uses a feeding tube. And after this town hall, her mission really became doing everything she could to make sure the ACA wasn't repealed. Well, what did she do? She's been to Washington seven times for hearings. She actually just went last week to protest the tax bill. She's gotten arrested a few times for protesting on Capitol Hill. She spent the night handcuffed in an emergency room because she's obviously medically fragile. So she's really made this her mission. I mean, this seems in some ways, Mary, almost like the exact opposite of Mark Seaton. Uh, two people who need insurance, two people who are taking political action are, are really, really concerned about it, uh, but have taken almost opposite approaches here. Yeah, but I was really interested in where they intersect because both of them are worried about costs. Just like Mark in Iowa, Katie can't find a plan that works for her on the Arkansas exchange. She's still relying on COBRA from her father who passed away. She also uses Medicare. She's a student. She has trouble making ends meet. Basically, I, I get by with the help of my friends. It's it's a sad state of affairs, but I can't really work. I try. I I do photography and I try and do freelance stuff, but with the low level of functioning I have, it's it's a matter of begging for money online and hoping that I don't get evicted before I can raise enough money for the next month of rent. For both of these guys, it comes down to costs. And when she looks at this tax bill in Washington, she gets really scared. Cuts to Medicare mean that my home health supplies, my IV fluids that I depend on not to be fainting five times a day, that the feeding tube formula, I literally depend on not to starve to death, that there won't be money in Medicare to pay for that, or that cuts to Social Security might mean that my benefits get cut and I will become homeless even if I find a cheaper place to live. Now, those are possible future cuts, but Mary, there's a there's a more immediate concern. I mean, this tax bill repeals the individual mandate, and all the analysts say that's another 10% hike in premiums. Yeah, and so for both of these people, that's not good news. It makes them anxious, and they really are feeling all of this anxiety going into the new year, just waiting for the next shoe to drop. So, Mary, you've got Katie, you've got Mark sort of at two ends of political action on healthcare in America. They, they both agree on costs. You've made that clear. Anything else? Well, here's the funny thing. So I asked them both to talk a little bit about how they felt about healthcare and, and use language to describe how they, how they thought about the system. And they both used the exact same language. They both said it was broken. And it got me thinking, like, how did it get this way? How did we get to a system where two people at the opposite sides of the spectrum can totally disagree in one way, totally agree in another, and we just can't fix it? So I wanted to take a closer look at all the ways that we built this system. That's what we're going to do all week long. We're going to look at these moments in time when we tried to fix the healthcare system, what worked and what didn't. 
Well, it's going to be a journey back in time with American healthcare and all across the country with you, Mary Harris. We're going to take that trip with you this week. Uh, Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. On Notes from America, we have conversations with people across the country about how we can truly become the nation that we claim to be. Each week, we talk about race, our politics, education, relationships, usually all of them, because everything's connected. And you, our listeners, are at the center of those conversations. I'm Kai Wright. Join me on Notes from America, wherever you get your podcasts.